Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Good evening and welcome to the Scotney Wild Ginger Takeover. It's great to have you along with us this evening. Hope you're joining us live on YouTube or if you're taking us out on your run on a podcast or listening to us on the podcast. It's great to have you along this evening. And it's the beginning of March and uh, there's one or two changes happening. There's kind of some restrictions of lockdown going to be happening at the end of the month and races look like they're going to be starting to happen as well and things are getting booked. Are they? (laughs) Have you booked anything? Well, yeah, well, well, I've actually booked a haircut. (laughs) <laughs> I've booked my first haircut. Those have maybe been watching us every week and see that I'm kind of getting that Robinson Crusoe look going a bit more and more and getting even a mullet. I think I might even be heading back into the 80s with a mullet. So, uh, but yeah, so I've got something booked in for April. For Good, because my haircuts are usually DNS. Because <laughs> then lockdown happens and I can't get that. Well, hopefully you can get one booked in. Uh, and talking about bookings, um, who have we got booked tonight? Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know, we might get booked for some other work through this. <laughs> is this where I pull out the book with her on the front cover? <laughs> oh, I know. This is it. How many book puns can we get in it the first year? It is Joe Meek. Yay, good evening, Joe. <laughs> evening, the Scotneys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, wait, well, hang on a second. We've suddenly lost sound, though. Oh, no. We had some difficulties before we came on. And have we lost oh, sound? No. Again? Oh, here I we go. I can hear Joe. Yeah. We can hear you now. Excellent. I think it's my. My little earpiece, I can't hear you. Okay. Thank you for joining okay. us this evening. Uh, you're welcome, you're welcome. Where are you at the moment? Uh, I am in Bath, so I work two days a week in Bath. Uh, so I drive up on a Wednesday night and work Thursday, Friday, and then go home on Friday night. So. Yeah. And, and what work is that? So um, I'm a physio. Most of the time I'm self-employed, but uh, I am employed by the English Institute of Sport up in Bath, uh, Thursday, Friday, I took the job 18 months ago with a view of the Olympics happening. Obviously, we think they're still happening, but we're not sure. So I've been working up here with all the the guys that are preparing for that. So it's been a really good experience. It's hard work, but it's a good experience. Brilliant. Excellent. And we didn't really give you a proper introduction. I was going to say, like, after months of fluffing it, I actually prepared an introduction and you just skipped it. I'm sorry. Whereas normally you put me on the spot and go, who have we got? And I have to remember it all. (laughs) Just keeping you on your toes, showing this is live. You know, this is a good evening for all of those who are joining us live already. We've got Sebastian, John, Paul and John. So let's introduce our guest properly then. (laughs) Joe Joe Meek. Great, great British runner and yeah a just amazing list of races because it seems like you can do anything and also have been all over the world so I think I made a note of um, your fourth at the 100k world championships you were seventh at the world trail championships you've podiumed at MDS CCC and one coastal challenge you know that race yeah, I know the coastal <laughs> challenge really well I've done it twice once kind of I saw away. you absolutely 
smashed the field at the Lakeland 50 one year (laughs) in a very hot race. And yeah, there's just so many all across the world. Indeed. I mean, the first time we met was going across to Turkey, wasn't it, Joe? Oh, yeah. So I think that's another podium that I haven't mentioned. First trip. Oh, hang on. We've put the photo up, the the band photo. (laughs) Ian Corliss took a little group of Brits out there. First trips away, but what a great race. A really good experience for racing abroad. Yeah, it's really well put on. Isn't it culture, wasn't it? Yeah, 2014. Um, it was one of my first experiences of racing abroad and uh, yeah, which so well looked after. We even had our own driver, didn't we? Um, we did have uh, all bodyguard, whichever way you want to look at it. But... <laughs> yeah, wasn't even mayor's, uh, wasn't even mayor's driver as well. The night before was pasta with nuts on top and ketchup. So it was a unique meal. <laughs> Great. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Marcus arrived home having won his weight in olives, and so <laughs> it just reminds me of olives because we had them for months. But I also <laughs> came home with rhabdomyolysis as well. With very severe. I remember that. I remember <laughs> hearing you really laugh. I was like, "Wow, that's a shocker." <laughs> Kidney failure, but uh, yeah. So that's uh, us on tour. On the other, so it was the first time um, I got to know you, and you were kind of just a you kind of flourishing into ultra running, but you also had one or two scrapes on your face. You looked like you'd been in some some fight. You'd had an accident. I just, I'd literally just managed to fall off the treadmill <laughs> and where most people might want to put their arms down, I thought I'd just go face first and manage to just get the whole the whole shebang, knees, elbows and face. <laughs> wow i'm like terrified of treadmills for this reason and everybody always says oh no nobody falls off treadmills <laughs> twice they've fallen off twice it's a right shocker <laughs> i mean we'll probably talk about treadmills a bit more as we talk about some of your training because of what we see you post on, on on instagram but we've kind of jumped ahead to, to kind of 2014 and heading out to isnick and looking like this fantastic kind of boy girl band with kind of Tracy Dean, Robbie Britton and Stuart Eyre uh, and you and myself standing on these rocks looking very like we're about to drop our next album. You don't, you don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> I look more like a boy scout. You I think, look like you're on a little trip. <laughs> I think actually that was also because John came out, my husband came out as well and John he did a great know. race there and uh, the first time I kind of met Ian Corliss as well because he was out yeah. there. So yeah, it was meeting a lot of people that have stayed in contact for since it's been it was brilliant it was a really good start it, it, it was it was a great race and yeah it was the first time I got to know Ian really well and as you say the hospitality I mean isn't it still takes place and have changed the route quite a bit but they it was a real festival of running wasn't it because there was the yeah. big kind of 100 I think I did 160 it was about an 80 mile race so maybe less than 160 uh you did uh was it 100k was it 80k, 80K, 80K yeah. which you you won outright as well didn't you yeah, I don't know whether that says more about the standard of the Elliot runners that are out there rather than what I did. No. <laughs> yeah. I did, yeah, looking back, actually, I did manage to hold quite a decent pace for that. Um, it was really runnable, to be fair. Mm. I can't remember what the elevation was, but um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it suited me. So basically, runnable trails, perfect. And, and so, how did you get involved in that race? How did Ian? invite you out what had you been doing up to that point uh so off the back of mds where i was second and no one knew me at all i mean i've been running for years just road running uh off the back of that i got loads of invites so that was 2014 and then was isn't it 2014 as well 
Was it sure. 2015? Um, is it when I did the spy? It would have been... 2014, wasn't it? I'm Easter sure. time anyway, wasn't it? Yeah. So it can't have yeah. been the same off year. The back, oh, it might have been 2015. Probably like the year after. Off the back of that, I got invites to other races, and that was one of them. Brilliant. I think I did well in 2014, and then did well in 2015, and literally did like 13 ultras in 10, 11 months or something, and then had to have six months off. completely overcooked it i was like wow this is amazing yeah i'll go to this race and that race and then learn that actually your body does catch up with you at some stage so a bit kind of like being in the candy shop yeah it was completely and i didn't want to miss out on any opportunity just in case no one ever asked me again (laughs) (laughs) so how so how did you get and end up doing mds so you we've mentioned you're a physio have you always been doing physio it was literally just John and I, it was on our bucket list, and he was like, before I retire from running, I think, you know, we should do it. Obviously, that's a complete joke, because every year since then, he's done an ultra or two. <laughs> no, 56 now, still has no intention of retiring. Um, so we said, well, if we're going to do it, we'll do it together, because it was expensive. It was like three grand each. We saved up yeah. quite a lot, and um, quite hard for it, and thought, well, if we're going to spend that much on a race, we're going to train for it. And we really dedicated, the, you know, the 16-week block out, 12-week block out to train for it and uh yeah went for it I took it completely seriously I managed to get hold of a use of a heat chamber at the local uni which was a complete pain in the ass because you have to fit in the right hours go to work go to there I take loads of leave to do it all and but no it paid off and then from there a second and it was really competitive it wasn't like it was not competitive year which mainly happens with my races like I came second in the cross country nationals once because no one else turned up. It was amazing. But whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa! Well, hang on a second. Hang on. Let well, no. Hang on. I'm going to put the brakes on there. I'm going to put. So before I was an ultra runner, I used to do a lot of road running and, and cross country. And I, I have to make the confess. I never went to the nationals because I was so scared. I went to the Midland Championships and the regional, and Birmingham, but I never went to the nationals because I was so scared of of how fast and competitive. It was. So what year did you come second? Oh, yeah, I can't even remember that now. I'm not very good <laughs> looking back at the dates. Uh, where where, where was it? Katie. Can you remember where, where it was? It was Parliament Hill behind wow. Hayley Yelling. So that slowed people down a lot because it was so boggy and muddy. Yeah. Um, and then Hayley Yelling and then, yeah, me. But I look back and I think, well, where was everyone else? Because it literally came out of the blue. They didn't even spell my name right in the results. <laughs> How did they misspell them? I did, what with an E or with an A in me? Well, so at the time I was um, not married, it was Kelsey, and I think they put Kelsex. I mean, I like sex, but it's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second, that's a bit of an admission we don't need on that. <laughs> well, who doesn't? I mean, very true, very true. So, so, um, so there's a good pedigree in you. I mean, well, so we can't. There was an England best later, wasn't there? And... Well, it's been, we yeah, may have had international. No, in the like, 20s. Yeah. No, so, it was, it was a, you know, I did a 2.46 marathon. I, in hindsight, I could probably have run faster, but hindsight's a wonderful thing, and I left it all in training most of the time. And you only realise that when you look back. And you, so when anyway. you were approaching MDS and you said that you put everything into training, was it marathon training that you'd prom- prominently been yeah, doing before? Is that the training that you knew? No, it was all the training I knew, so that's all I did. Um, and I, interestingly, I lost MDS on the long day. So... Um, yeah, they, uh, oh God, who won it that year? That was, um, uh, Megan, who does I run far? Megan Hicks. 
Yeah, Megan Hicks won it. I mean, she that was her fifth year in doing it. She was hell bent on going to win it, and you know she had good pedigree, good experience. She put about an hour into me on that day. Uh, I managed to catch about twenty minutes back up on the marathon the day after, but yeah, it was done. Yeah, so yeah, I was just didn't have that uh, insight into you know running through the night stupidly. I carried a one of those really tiny Petzl e lights. I couldn't see a bloody thing. <laughs> by my knees to see where I was going and I thought oh it's really lightweight didn't actually realize I'd have to use it properly you know it's fine Marcus did that a few years ago at Cappadocia <laughs> which is another one that you've podium at as well which we missed out <laughs> yeah, that was a shocker. so no the, so the yeah MDS I lost on the long day so I everything else was great um really to be honest and then um so after the MDS it opened up there's us thinking oh that's the only ultra we'd heard of it opened up a whole world of it's like a rabbit warren of other races to do so yeah we've been working our way i don't often do a race twice unless i dnf and then i've got to go back and have another go i was just thinking about that that you don't seem to repeat races but having the experience that you do now in terms of the training that you do for mds are you not are you tempted with that one again yeah, re- I would love to go back and, and, and give it a go. But it's, you know, it's expen- it is expensive. And if you're going to spend your money, then there's other races out there. So, um, yeah, I've sort of put that And would bed. John insist on coming with you thing, for that one? <laughs> there's also that thing where you think you'd do better because you've done well there. But actually, you know, the competition's always changing and you just can't guarantee who's going to turn up. So maybe just take away the fantastic memories and put it to bed. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. There's no guarantee that you're going to, I could come 10th and I'd be devastated with that. You spend five grand and, and then it's still good, but it, I would only go there to try and win it. So, and I don't think you can set that as your goal really on that sort of race. But Yeah. And, and MDS has been rolled over again. I was meant to do it last year. I was meant to be doing it this year and it's now moved to October, but I can't do it because I've got a race in September. So it's oh, like, no. I've got to wait till no. next year. Um, so, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm in perpetual MDS training every winter. <laughs> Three years. <laughs> Physio-wise that you coach and he's training for it as well. And I felt so bad when I heard the news because that's all he's training for. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So Alex has had this like prolonged period of like, oh, and we're back on. But then it's good, you know, I mean, it's like, it's always better to have these longer periods to build up to these races and kind of short, short build up. So you, you obviously got a lot of kind of natural talent and speed there was that always uh when you were younger no, were you always... I, I really disagree with that I work really hard but as to natural talent and natural speed it, it isn't there at all you know you look at people like Ruth Ruth Croft that hmm. she's got a lot of natural talent and speed she's just done a 234 marathon and hoping to improve on that you know uh, and yet she can then ta- so talented she can go and run CCC as her like first ultra and win it you know I think I've just been running a long time. So I've been running since I was sort of 18. And I think with that just becomes a natural economy. You you do become efficient. Speeds I always have to chip away at. Um, I didn't really do sport as a kid. So there's no, not much talent coming from there. Um, but I do work I do work really hard at it for sure. Um, what I've got is a stubborn mindset, I think. Like the culture runners, but... <laughs> And does that go back to when you were a child as well? Yeah, probably. I don't know where it comes from at all, to be honest. Um, it's just it, it's really innate in me. There's two things: one, I'm stubborn, but two, I'm in, really intrinsically motivated. 
I don't need much else to motivate me. You know, I, li- I like running for the sake of it. But people say you could just run and not do the hard sessions. But I'm really motivated to do them. I don't know. I still get nervous about them. But, you know, it's um, I like to push, I think. just like to see what's what I can do. So has it been in lockdown when you, presumably last year, you just had your whole race calendar cancelled? Well, I tried to get a Western States golden ticket. I went to America in February, uh, Black Canyon 100K. And, um, yeah, didn't get it, missed out. Uh, so then that was the only race I did last year so what I did after that I had a bit of a niggle so I addressed it properly and got over it and then just used the rest of the year for some consistent training and also really to get to know Dartmoor and then off the back of that I did the that FKT um, yeah and since then I've just stuck, it's easy to marathon train so I've just stuck to marathon training and hope to to do a marathon before I go back into the trails but I don't know whether that will happen or not <laughs> Yeah, I mean, should we talk about the Dartmoor then, that Dartmoor round? Because that was, uh, had that always been, I, I mean, because you... So Honestly, you... I hadn't heard of it at all. <laughs> I grew up on Dartmoor, but I was a roadrunner then, and it just stuck to the roads, and then came back sort of like two years ago. Um, so over lockdown, we were like, right, let's get to know it, let's cross it, north to west, east to south, etc. And then someone said, oh... 20 years ago this bloke ran around it and I'm like oh that is that sounds my thing and then I yeah went to recce at Moore and did all the routes and spoke to the guy that did it Nigel uh, Jenkins and um uh yeah and then met the people that had previously had a go at breaking it and um yeah I thought no I can I can do this and I can do it better than they have just because I'm quite pedantic about my logistics and they just cuffed it you know they've just gone out buried food and then run around and uh, and doesn't so, it kind uh, of start and finish at a pub as well? Just yeah. Although well. well, interesting, I've since found out that you don't. You start and finish at the tour and then walk to yeah. the pub. The semantics of ways, but for me it was great because it meant everyone could have a pint and some chips at the end. So and <laughs> half of it was just getting the community together. So finishing at a pub was was spot on, really. Uh, yeah, so that was great. I took a long time to recce it, know it really well, uh, ask for people to join me, but everyone, yeah, was really up for it. On every recce, the weather was absolutely stunning. And then the day I do it, and the weather was shite. It was like running through pea soup. It was terrible. It did clear up. Uh, and Can then you hear? Rain, I, I don't know no. if we're having some sound difficulties Sorry, on your we side. Can't hear you. I don't oh, know. No. <laughs> I can hear you now. We can hear you now. Yeah, I don't know if it's on your <laughs> side of things, Joe, or our side, but that sound was just dropping out there. So you're talking about getting the community together for it, and then yeah. you dropped out. Yeah, and it worked really well. It was great. And then. Uh, so yeah. this was August last year, just fitting in in between some of the restrictions that we had. Yeah, but it took about two months to recce it and, uh, yeah, pull it off. And then I chose the worst day ever for it. The I think was... we've got quite a dramatic photo, actually, um, of you. It looks absolutely horrendous weather. It was like pea soup and rain. And, it, and yeah, were you going into night. the night? Yeah, no, I started at four in the morning oh. and then finished... Oh, we seem to have lost sound again. I don't know if it's on our... Definitely not this end, because okay. I can hear you really well. Um, <laughs> we don't know if Rose listened to we us can live. We can hear you can. now. <laughs> I don't know if it's, if it's on our headsets or... Sorry, so I was just saying, yeah, were you going into the night there at the end? No, I started at four started. in the morning. And okay. then finished. Oh, yeah, well, obviously, you have to finish for, you know, at the, the pub, pub, don't you? Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> And is yeah. this your kind of standard approach for races in this meticulous planning and recceing? Is that 
what you would prefer to do for all races because yeah, I imagine so. I it's, it's hard if you're racing all over the world to do that yeah and sometimes I you know I don't mind the element of surprise and let's just go with it but if you can wrecky it I mean that was an FKT I had to wrecky I had to know the route like the back of my hand but um but yeah on the whole I, I just go and run you know yeah I mean it sounds like sorry we are having a bit of technical difficulties tonight <laughs> in that quite here that <laughs> It sounds like it's coming through to Skype, but we're not getting on through to. Um, okay, yeah. And it's only us that's it's having this problem, us. apparently, okay. from the comments from M- the maybe, people maybe. live. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for those who are. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, it's just on my headset. Okay, right. Brilliant. Fantastic. <laughs> right, you don't need to rub it in, everyone. <laughs> Right, okay, we might have to ditch our headsets and might get a bit of echo, but we'll see. We'll plough on for a little bit and see what happens. Right. Right, so should we just... Yeah, Yeah. let's go. Okay. Go go for it. Yeah, so so you have this fantastic kind of dry spell leading up to the FKT. Yeah, and then the weather on the FKT was abysmal. I mean, I had wrecked it really well, but there's still some points where you question, have you taken the right line? Because it's just a... A sheep track uh but you know in the uh, in the end i probably only lost 10 15 minutes in, in, at various stages uh on the whole and by the end of it whenever we got to the pub it was glorious so at least that was the main thing <laughs> brilliant i mean because it's got some quite i mean having read the report in, in ali bevan's book um uh, i can which i can bring a picture up of um it's got quite um hairy kind of river crossings in places isn't it yeah, no, they were they were really deep because the rivers rise and fall really quickly. Um, so you could go there two hours later and it would be, you know, at knee height. And I was really worried about drowning the tracker, which was in my short pocket. So that's how deep it was. Yeah. It was pretty much um, pretty much up to my waist on a couple of crossings. But uh, on the whole, you know, it's fine. Cool. To be honest. We're, we're, we've, we've taken our heads yeah, off. Yeah, sorry. Cause... We kept asking a question and couldn't hear the response, which was ideal. <laughs> So, so, so we hope people who are maybe listening might be a bit of an echo. We apologise, um, but we can't hear your answers, and it'd be a bit. It's going to be a very long interview. We keep going. Oh, what was your answer? Again? If everybody else who's listening in on this is going, oh, we can hear Joe perfectly. Um, so, and the idea of the round was it that uh, Nigel Jenkins had done like the Bob Graham and was looking for something. No, it literally was the eve of the millennium, and he was like, "I'm just going to run around Dartmoor." Okay. Like that, but he obviously put some prep into it because the tours he chose and uh, and he, it was New Year's Eve, so the you know winter a winter crossing, so he had to use ropes for rivers and stuff like that. So he had put some thought into it, but yeah, it was just a challenge to get back before closing time, really. Um, we've got a question coming in from one of the people watching live, Paul Feely, saying, "Did you recce the course during the night?" I did do. Um, one night recce uh, but most of the time it was daylight to be honest um the actual route wasn't too difficult where i got stuck and this was me being stupid really was because i'd recced it so well i didn't take a map i took a compass but i didn't take a map so when the pea soup was there i was like mm, this is just i'm just gonna have to go on the best bearing i can remember <laughs> which was not brilliant um my sense of direction is rubbish as well so although I can map read, I, my sense of direction is poor. So there was one stage where John fed me 
and then sent me off and two minutes later I came back because I'd literally just looped back on myself because <laughs> I couldn't see anything and also uh, yeah I just got disorientated but after that I was fine <laughs> brilliant because Dartmoor is quite featureless isn't it it's yeah, you say it's kind it's of featureless and there's just a lot of bog and wet and unless you can pick up something that you recognize it's it's pretty difficult um, and are you still out training on that route yeah, and the terrain, like, or have you just, well, did you have enough of it from that one one no, night? No, I mean, I've been out bits on it. I, I've been quite selective. If it's been absolutely raining, then the Dartmoor's pretty miserable, you know, just ploughing through mud. Um, we've got some really good trails down by a river, which I use quite a lot. I've been pretty lucky in that respect. So, And obviously, as you said, you've mentioned, I, I've been using a treadmill a bit more than I probably normally would, just to... You know, sometimes you just want to get a quality session in and that's the only way, especially with the ice. I fell over on the ice two two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So, that oh yeah, I'm too old for that sort of shit. <laughs> you seem to do, kind of go on a bike as well. Is that something that you specifically do for cross-training or have I just happened to see when no, you've I been out? I do bike a bit. Like, I have a turbo set up at home, but really it's if I'm injured, I'll go on the bike. I don't often train twice a day. So I don't, wouldn't then run and then bike. Um, I do commute on a bike a little bit. So when I'm in Bath, I commute, but the commute's tiny, a um, couple of miles. So, but yeah, no, I do go out on a bike a bit. Um, in September, a friend and I cycled the North Coast 500 in Scotland just because we could, you know, we thought, why not? It'd be brilliant. So yeah, if there's an opportunity, but you know, that's the brilliant thing about being fit from running. You can sort of just transfer it across, can't you, to enjoy other stuff. Um, and you mentioned yeah. there about being injured and I kind of just assume that as a physio well you couldn't possibly be injured because you'd see something happening in the yeah, you know the second you, something you know, didn't feel right but <laughs> does it not work like that <laughs> and also you get too emotionally involved so so I've got a tendency to think something and as soon as I think of it I think the worst thing ever you know literally oh my god I've got a slight pain in my heel oh my god I must have a Achilles problem well I've never had an Achilles problem so why would I get that you know and you rub it and it goes so you tend to think the worst and then you 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 think I'll just run through this for a bit and by the time you finished six weeks later you really do have a problem so it's either or so actually if I feel like I'm getting injured I do go and see someone else Um, (laughs) I also get a massage uh every two weeks so I can keep on top of stuff which I think, you know, running's not that an expensive sport, so a massage isn't isn't too much of a luxury, really. And, and do you do anything else? I do gym work. I do a bit, of, I say a bit, I mean, at the moment, once a week at home, because there's no gyms open, but uh, gym work and uh, trunk work. Uh, but no, that's it, really. Run, yeah. No, run, mainly. And as a physio, are there any tips that you can give people to kind of prevent injuries I literally couldn't say enough you should do gym work be strong really don't and you know the amount of people I get in I see a lot of runners and they just don't have good stability and it's not difficult to get I mean maybe get it off the back of an assessment with someone personal trainer or whoever but uh, yeah I would say keeping strong you can't underestimate the, the power of that really so just going back to that year that you had after MDS and you said that you did a crazy number of races. <laughs> what was your next race after MDS? 
Um, well, Isnick would have been in there. I did um, the Postal Challenge in Costa Rica. And um, yeah, did won that, and I think got a course that, record at that. I was again really because that was the first offer of a race, so I was really determined that's where you heat chamber again. And Anna Frost was there, but she couldn't race. Um, and then I met a few other people, Mike Wardian and stuff. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then uh, so there was a race like in the um, Morn Mountains. Uh, was good it's stevie kramer we had a good battle but she she got the edge on me um yeah loads of um world the world champs come there so the 100k in doha might have come up the back of that year um and that was that was great but it was all on um it wasn't just tarmac it was like granite slabs yeah it was all kind of a cobblestone one wasn't it that year i remember yeah, hearing big, all the big, feedback big yeah slabs really hard on the body and that was um 20 laps of a 5k loop um, and had you run yeah. further than a marathon on that sort of terrain before or was that quite oh, a big step up for you I, no i think that was a big step up i'm trying to remember when i did comrades because whether that was before or after i'm not great with my history I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> stuff, but never Quick, I'll get the book about you. <laughs> See if it's in here. <laughs> get a bit lost in it all. You need a website with all your lists of performances on. Well, I've started doing a blog and I write about races, um, so I can remember. Because I, yeah, I don't tend to just retain stuff. So, uh, and then I can look back and remember them all. And I put, you know, now when they first when I first started writing, it was really matter of fact, and now you can put a bit of feeling behind it and the photos and yeah it's really it's really good actually i quite like it because paul, paul feely one of um, claire's patrons on her facebook group asked a question earlier today so he's obviously gone back to when we interviewed lizzie hawker we listened to lizzie hawker's interview who again another amazing female run like yourself but she kind of said that in 2005 utmb victory changed her from being just a competitor to a race winner and so Paul was asking, did you ever reach that point, Joe, when you suddenly realised it was not just about competing, but that the realism that you could actually win these events? I mean, obviously you were going into a lot of things like MDS, already a champion, you know, having come second in the um, British Cross Country Champion, which I never knew. So there must have already been that kind of spark of light. I, I, I mean, a, I, I always entered every, every ultra to be competitive, if I'm honest, but um, never to assume I'd be a winner, but just to be as competitive as I could be. So from the beginning, I've been that rather than just complete the, the interesting. What can I do? Um, yeah, I went in. I could have probably actually been more competitive in the area. So I was a bit taken back because everyone said, "Be careful of the heat. You know, be wary of it." And not, so, you, so I was, and I probably actually could have pushed a bit harder. But no, I went in to it hugely competitively, um, and I always thought top five would be, you know, great. Um, so yeah, that's always been there. Um, I don't go into every race thinking I can win because now the standard, well now I'm getting old, but the standard is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, people are running seriously fast off the back of you know really fast marathons. Um, so, but I still want to be as competitive as I can be. I haven't got to the stage where I thought I'd just go and enjoy this. Um, I've made some mistakes. I've entered races where you you assume you've still got fitness from a previous few months away and it isn't there you know it does drop off so I've made mistakes where I've entered a race set myself up to fail a little bit but um 
now the races seem to be so few and far between. They've got no excuse. You've got to end the race for it, haven't you? <laughs> so you said you like that first year you did like you, you know you was that kind of child in the candy shop. Whoa, look at all this amazing! I'm doing this race. Going, 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 got invited to this race. But you said you then end up. What was it? An injury, fatigue, or what? How did that kind yeah. of then six months manifest itself? So interesting. I thought it was an injury. I actually thought it was an iliotibial band injury that hurts around the outside of the knee. Um, and I had. Oh, I mean, create. I wasn't really. Um, I just started out as a physio. So, and also I was completely blinded by the fact that I couldn't run. There was nothing else set up. Now I know. You know, you just get on a bike and stuff like that. But. Um, uh, Actually, what had happened was there was nothing wrong with me iliotibial band, um, and I even got an injection into it. I got injection to the knee. Honestly, it was crazy. Uh, nothing helped. And what I realised was I went to see a chap in Manchester, actually a physio up there, who was a runner in his day, two twenty-three, so pretty rapid. And I knew he wouldn't tell me to stop. Uh, and he treated me, and he was the only one that was pretty ferocious with the treatment. But what we worked out was actually my fascia just got stuck. So probably all those ultras would have been fine, but compounded by the Doha race on the really hard ground, and then not, and then you know flying straight home, thinking, oh, I have two weeks off, I did no stretching, I did nothing, and then started back running again. Well, I hadn't changed anything. Yeah, I'd rested the system, but I hadn't changed anything, and my fascia just got, and it just manifested as stuck around the knee. So every time I ran, it was a really sharp pain. Uh, he did one treatment, and I was pretty black and blue in that area. But literally the next day I was pain free and I sort of that took about four months to to sort out because everyone just assumes it's, you know, you have an MRI. They say, well, you can see a bit of information, but you'd have information there anyway. Now I know that. So, yeah, it was a real good insight into the power of fascia, which we know so much more about now. Six years down the line, we realize it's our, you know, the skeleton of our nervous system, really. Uh, but at the time, no one really talked about it. You know, it was. So yeah, that was, it was a stupid injury. Didn't need to be out for that long if I'd just seen the right person at the right time. But now I know straight away, I get a niggle, go and see someone, don't don't sit on it. But, yeah, so. I mean, that's such great great advice and being a former sports therapist, yeah. It's always that, people always wait. I ever just been two weeks before their race. You yeah. know, they go, oh, and yeah, you know, I've many times had people in the clinic going, oh, I've got this injury, but I've also got a race next Saturday or I've got Newark half my Anyway, but yeah, it's always that, leave it to the last minute. Well, and the other thing is people always think that rest will make them better and ultimately they won't. Body yeah. needs movement. Yeah. Um, and often we can just change something and it goes, but it's, yeah. You know, we spend 120 quid on shoes, but 40 quid or 50 quid for physio appointment. People are like, oh. But actually, you know, it's, I, I now do it. You know, it's uh, it's really good investment. So don't sit on an injury that's what i'd say definitely yeah great great advice so you had that that six months off and then so you then started getting did you always end to get regular treatment or did they again have another period where i like i've maybe over raced i've overcooked this again or or is that kind of that dark period in the past now and you're able to yeah i hope no hope it's the past i now get obviously regular treatment but i'm also much better at knowing that i do have a tendency if i'm going to build up tightness will be the, my lap, the outside of my thighs uh, and my quads so yeah just making sure I keep on top of that really um, and I'm much better at doing that I mean I'm not religious I'm not a zealot at stretching I probably stretch twice a week but I'll give a good hour you know watching at the moment John and I are watching Game of Thrones so that's a perfect opportunity to bury your head isn't it and stretch for a good hour <laughs> is it, is it? I think we're back uh...
And we're back. We're back live. We're Sorry back. about it, everybody. Uh, we are having real technical. Our headphones are not working, and now the broadband, our internet just went down. Um, so, in terms of choosing races now, Joe, what sort of things do you look at when you're deciding what races to put in your calendar? Well, on the oh. Facebook group. <laughs> That's a different. Ah, <laughs> oh, kind of. Can't answer. Can we can tie that question too? So, um, Arlene on it, the uh, wild well, running. Can you hear us? Okay. Can you hear us? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. This is the joys of being live. Hey, <laughs> at least Sherlock's not sat between us snoring tonight. He's over on the other chair, but you might be able to hear him snoring in the background. Um, you don't want to ask. Oh, so my. I was asking about how you decided what races to do and kind of what attracted you to certain races but then Marcus reminded me we actually somebody had already asked that to put to you which was what race was your favorite and why and what events do you have on your bucket list so slightly different okay so I tend to choose a race in a country that I'm interested in going to so um, sometimes I just look at the country and then find a race in it so I went to Kazakhstan to do a race and I've been to Russia I think um, we've got I, one. Was but, it in Iran you did a race? I think we yeah, had a photo a from Iran, the Geopark Trail. So I sent that picture. It was a nightmare. I had to wear full cover in 40 degrees of heat because women had to fully cover up. Yeah, I'm guessing that's a disadvantage to the males that didn't have yeah, to. Yeah, the men were in shorts and singlets. And then I was dying and I was so sick for like three days afterwards, completely annihilated myself with heat stroke. Yeah, literally I flew out of Iran, went to Dubai, and I was staying with a friend and I was still being ill. Oh, it wiped me out for ages. And I actually thought I'd done some serious heat stroke damage, but uh, I went to get tested actually, blood tests, and they were fine. So, um, yeah, so no, I, I choose the country, but don't get me wrong, I don't want to shy away from the competition. Having said that, in every race I've been to abroad, I think I've still been annihilated. There's some seriously good runners that don't make the world circuit. Um, uh, yeah, and they just race in their own country. Um, but um, I, I, yeah, so in terms of favourite races, um, I really like the Coastal Challenge. I mean, that's a pretty special place. Re- just incredible. We had a holiday afterwards for a week, and I just topped it off. It was, it was amazing. Um, but uh, and it was, you know, really good and competitive. But then I did the Golden Ring Ultra in Russia, which was really good as well. Just just because it was so different. Just I'd ne- I always wanted to go to Russia, and it was. Uh, yeah, in terms of bucket list races, I'd really like to do Western States, but the chance of getting in are probably pretty low, so I might have to suck that one up and just accept that it's not meant to be. Uh, I like the races with good atmosphere where you meet like-minded people, so I do like the UTMB week. Um, my so that is C- one that you you have gone back to a few times, isn't it? Yeah, so I have. I did the CCC and was delighted, and, and then you think, well... Oh, I'll give a go at doing the extra 70k it's, it's a whole different world oh my goodness the world just fell off <laughs> so we've got a photo of you finishing that was that when you finished second at the CCC yeah CCC that was incredible it wasn't expected but you know you look back training gone really well I tapered perfectly um and, and I you know I'd wreckied it uh, so I knew it well yeah it was, it was brilliant and where were you living at the time for that it- uh, in Hampshire, <laughs> that Hampshire. famous mountainous. <laughs> yeah, really. So I did all my uphill running on treadmills. <laughs> really? Mm. We've both said that together. Oh, though, no, just... <laughs> what what gradient were you hitting your yeah, treadmill? Yeah, varied it. Really varied it. But most of uphill running was on a treadmill, and then I did go out and do a recce about 
three or four weeks prior to it. But I did it in slow time. So I know they do recce. Well, I've done it, UTMB recce's in like three or four days. But I think I did CC C recce in three or four days. And in fact, I camped out overnight, a wild camped. Just, yeah, it was brilliant. Just 20 miles a day, camped out on my own overnight. And then, yeah, a re- really enjoyable recce. It wasn't pushing the pace or... Um, so that yeah, it was. It, I should have learned more from that uh, when I went to do the UTMB recce because everyone else was doing it in three days. It, it was just too much for me. I just couldn't um, assimilate the changes. Um, you know, I'm not that strong, so I need time, a bit more time probably to develop the strength and like some of the because you know the difference between the 100k runners and the 100 milers. They're, they're big girls. They're they're strong. You know the. So, yeah, I probably needed a bit more time to adjust, but, you know, live and learn. So, anyway, the first time I did UTMB, I was 20th, I think, and then second time I DNF'd. It just came at a really bad time. Um, and then, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. About three days before UTMB, my dog of 15 years had died, and I thought I could probably hold it together, and it wasn't great. <laughs> but you think you can. You think you can block it off. But also, I trained too hard. I'd raced in Russia about... Five weeks before, raced really hard and done a really hard recce. And, yeah, I was just too tired, just too tired. But, uh, you got plans to go back to UTMB? Well, I have. Uh, but I'm just going to – no, I'm just going to sneak in under the radar, hopefully. <laughs> <do it. laughs> no, but I've got to go back and I can't finish on a DNS. Yeah, cool. Uh, so talking about, I mean, kind of, I'm going to be jumping about here a little bit, kind of jumping back to the FKT. Um, Simon Tucker, who's watching us live on, on YouTube, has uh, asked a question. If you have um, any advice do you have for running in the dark after doing the FKT? Um, I don't know, maybe Simon's still doing some training. It's getting lighter now to six o'clock almost, Simon. So, And it's lighter in the morning, so come on, get out there, get, maybe get, you know, up. Yeah, no, but basically just get the best head torch you can get, make it really comfortable. I always think putting a buff underneath your head torch makes a huge difference, otherwise it sort of moves a bit. Um, and also can give kind of pressure points, gives you a weird headache. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, getting the best, but the, uh, the running at night is, is absolutely incredible because there's nothing else to distract you and you can hear your breathing and your footsteps and I think it's a really beautiful experience. Um, but I would definitely get a good head torch. <laughs> my error. Is that talking from experience then? Yeah, after my MDS nightmare. <laughs> that kind of teeny tiny e light just didn't didn't cut it. And make sure you're familiar with it. Like, so I did a race in Hong Kong, and the batteries ran out. Um, make sure you're familiar with how to change the batteries <laughs> and how long they last for. Because it came as a complete surprise to me that they ran out, and I, then I was all a fluster. I mean, I did it, but I mean that doesn't yeah. sound like you because it's like you're saying. I mean, we kind of lost Sam when you're talking about the FKT about being organised because we have kind of skipped it. Because you said you're a physio now, but you you originally went to do physio university, didn't you? And you weren't successful. You went off into the army. Yeah, so I tried when I was eighteen, but I'm not actually that academic, so there's no way. I don't know what I was thinking. I was going to get A's and B's at A level. So I went, I did a sports science degree actually, but then in London and then um, uh, went into the army because I wasn't going to do anything with my sports science degree. Um, and I thought, oh, I quite like camping. 
It's a bit, bit, bit more to being in the army than just camping, isn't there? From my, my understanding. Well, she knows that now. So anyway, did the army. I did uh, a year at Sandhurst, became an officer, and then I uh, did short service commission. But I still knew I really wanted to be a physio. So when I left to my CEO at the time, my commanding officer wrote me a really good report. And from that, I got into Plymouth Uni to study physio. So got there in the end at the age of 28. Um, and then I've been doing physio ever since, and I love it. So Oh, good. It's as good as you hoped it would be. Yeah. <laughs> After yeah. that, I've 10 years done. getting in. And have you just done a master's as well? Isn't Yeah, no, that was awful. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I think, you know, in order to get up in the sporting world, you do need certain credentials that you just have to have. And I just thought, well, I'm going to give it a go, but really I should The best advice to do a master's is do it full time. But I did it part time for three years. It was so stressful, so stressful. You you know, I can remember going to race in Transvulcania, and I had an essay to write. And my race and it just got so merged. I couldn't. I couldn't. You know, there's so much noise in the head in your head at best times. But I was trying to focus on a race and also get this assignment done, and I just raced terribly. But you learn, don't you, from things like that? And you think, well, I'll never take work away with me again. And you know, I got through the masters, which was yeah, impressive. So I was quite pleased with that. <laughs> Brilliant. Was that in physiotherapy, obviously? Yeah, physio. Yeah, at bar. So. And is that what's then opened the door to be able to work? No, with... no, completely separate, actually. Yeah. I just went for, I saw it on the website, went for an interview and yeah, got it. I was absolutely amazed um, and it's been brilliant. So now, so the, the contract's for 18 months, so that will end at the end of this month and then I'll go back to being a contractor. So as and when they need me or the team needs me, I'll, I'll travel with them or whatever. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think you mentioned before we came on air, we were having a quick chat while we were having issues with headphones, which was... So it wasn't the best kind of pre-chat. Um, but it's for the Olympics. Have you been working with some of the Olympic athletes? Yeah, and... yeah, and some really, yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the Olympics happens for them because they're, you know, they're still training really hard. And normally they'd be all away on warm weather camps and they're having to, you know, cycle, run, swim, etc. and all these uh, foul conditions. So, yeah, hopefully for them. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, be, it's good to see uh, how... They train, you know, it's not, but you know, it's not much different from amateurs. They just got all the time to do it. You know, the same level of dedication is uh, is there on all levels, I think. Uh, but I just like to see people get out there and doing it. So. Yeah, they, 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 as I would say, kind of elite athletes just have more time to rest. Um, more time, yeah, do you know what? As I've got older, it's I still don't have a problem getting the training in, but you struggle to get the recovery in. Yeah. I'm like a warm house most of the time. I sleep a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's what elite. I mean, I always remember hearing about Paul Radcliffe having snoozes in the afternoon. It's like, ah, oh, that's what. That's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. You <laughs> have <laughs> yeah, to go running in the morning, have a snooze in your afternoon. Uh, he was lying on the bed with that recovery thing <laughs> 40 part, minutes earlier. <laughs> well, that was part of my. Yeah, got to get that recovery in, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I mean, I was going to say about the kind of how inspiring was it kind of working with the Olympic athletes, but Simon Tucker's just posted another question here. Um, which is a fantastic one and um, who kind of would like to say is who is your or do you have an, an idol or running inspiration do you know what I got asked that in another interview recently and I can honestly say I don't I, I think everyone in their own way is pretty impressive because the amount of struggles that people go through just to get out the door to go for a run 
Yeah. I find the everyday person pretty inspiring. People I chat to in my clinic in, in, in Exeter, they're incredible. And they, they, you know, they're almost apologetic for wasting your time. And I'm like, no, we've got to get you pain-free. You're seriously in pain here. Let's get you pain-free and running again. Uh, or, you know, or whatever, just going to work again. But um, I, I honestly don't have... I do have people I admire. So um, I always really respected Bruce Tuller, the... Mm-hmm. The marathon he ran across America in the 70s. Yep. I've just finished reading his book. Uh, yeah, you know, pretty British, stoical, top upper lip, you know, stiff upper lip, but a great runner um, and really humble with talk, you know, talk to anyone. Um, but I don't really put people up on a sped pedal sort of thing. I think that, you know, people are incredible um, and they make the most out of opportunities. But, you know, like, um, I just think everyone in their own right is, is pretty impressive. You just don't know the story, do you? I like, you know, the phrase, don't don't judge people, you know, from what you see, because behind that wall is a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's so true. And, and Bruce Tully was an amazing coach as well, Coach Richard Naruka, and wrote yeah. one of my favourite running books, which I still have a yeah, copy from the 90s. Book as well. yeah, yeah, running is easy yeah. or easy running or something, which is just... It's such a shame it's no longer on print because that was my Bible when I first started road running. It was kind of so important to me. And, um, but I'm going to have to check out that book then if it's about him running across um, America. But yeah, it's so true, isn't it? How we get inspired by other people. And we, yeah, I was the same in clinic. People would say, oh, I won't be impressed with their half marathon or marathon time. You know, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, I would be. You know, I always am. But, you know, because yeah. that, as you say, that hard work and dedication, what's going in. Everybody's exactly. on the journey. Everybody's on the same journey. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. We're all doing the same thing, you know. I, but you know, don't get me wrong. I've sacrificed a lot of my life to running now. So people just assume that you're you're good because you're talented. But actually, it's all the same. It's just hard work. Yeah, it's all running is really. You know, this level, it's uh, yeah. How, how do you approach your training, Joe? Do you have a coach, or is it something that you set yourself? Do you follow quite a strict? Um, when I was marathon race running I you know used the club coaches and then I got a coach um and actually um I got a bit put off you know in terms of um training in a club it was hugely competitive and I used to dread the sessions it was always Tuesday Thursday night and I used to almost all day sort of dread them so I approach my training now that I'm going to fit it in when I feel happy doing it, which is generally in the morning, get the, get the run out of the way. One, to just enjoy the, the morning time, but two, if it's a session, just so you don't have to hang around all day. And more recently, I have begun to ask for advice. So in order to get a decent marathon time, I quite like keeping a decent marathon time under my belt because I want to get good for age. I'd like to do the six world majors at some stage. Um, and it's easier to get in if you've got a good time for your age. So... Um, yeah, I've been getting advice uh, recently for marathon um, of a guy called Alan Story. He's coached a few good marathoners in his time. Yeah, he's he's coached um, one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah you course. know, Alan Story. Yeah, I think you know if people are into marathon running, will know recognise the name Alan Story. So he's I mean, yeah, he's wow, that must be that's pretty really impressive. He doesn't suffer yeah. from stuff like that. Cool. Uh, he says it as it is. Brilliant. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't formalise my whole training, but he'll definitely give me the key sessions to do a week. I don't need just someone to say, like this week I'm so tired. Normally I do a session on Tuesday, and I just sacked it off. In fact, I haven't even run today. 
So I'm going to try and, yeah, see how I feel tomorrow. It, it's just last week was busy and then I probably trained a bit hard at the weekend. doesn't normally happen like that. But uh, it's someone to say, you know, sound, the sounding board, which is pretty useful. And then I'm just going to think about it. I think, yeah, as I move to the trails, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, uh, swap coaches. He, he's happy to guide me, but really I want someone to be a bit more specific so I don't mess up any, you know, races are so rare now. I don't want to mess them up. So, yeah, I will, I will get to coach and uh, go from there. Uh, do, so, so do um, you keep your training online or do you have a training diary? And, do you know yeah. what? It's still old-fashioned. It's the old spreadsheet. I don't, don't do Strava because I think it would be really bad for me. Bad in what uh, way? I just think it, I, every time I came across a segment, I feel the need to, have to push it. But And actually, most of my runs are pretty slow, you know, a lot at 8, 39-minute mile pace, slower maybe. So that probably wouldn't help me. And then I'd feel that I'd be pushing my slow runs too hard. And I just don't think I've got the discipline to not feel that pressure. So, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone to Strava yet. And do you ever use heart rate in training, or is it always kind yeah, of on pace? Yeah, heart rate, but uh, especially because I train on my own, and I think I probably have a tendency to be a little bit lazy. So in the sessions, I'll say, right, I'll try and push up to a heart rate I know I've got to get to, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I like using heart rate. It's also good, you know, why can't you get your heart rate up? You know, good reasoning, you know, to analyse the session, whether you're just tired or just not eating enough carbs that day or something, you know. So, yeah, no, it's useful, Carl, it's useful. This, oh, sorry, I was just going to ask about the carbs and just ask yeah. if there was a particular diet that uh, you followed. That was, <laughs> that was my question. I'm sorry, I didn't need to butt in there. <laughs> no, I don't. I literally everything in moderation completely. I eat normal diet. I, I, I actually don't eat meat, to be fair, but that's... Um, yeah, I don't eat meat, but I eat fish and I eat everything else. Um, the reason why I said carbs was because I'm really good at burning fat. And to run fast, you need to burn carbohydrate. You need to make that your primary fuel source. So what I've got a tendency to do is do a lot of my runs fasted into first thing before breakfast. That doesn't work if you want to do a session. You just can't get your heart rate up at all. Yeah. And so what I've been learning especially while marathon training, is to make sure I've had a good breakfast and I need it at least two or three hours before and consume carbohydrate while I'm training. Not because I feel like I need it, because my body will just go back to its old method of using fat. So that's been quite interesting for me. And have you learned that just through kind of trial and error yourself or has that been a more scientific approach? No, a little bit of trial and error and also always the feeling that um, I'm really out of breath on some of the hard efforts before my heart rate's got up there and I was chatting to people and it, you know I'm, I'm basically burning fat so you know my body is struggling and I'm thinking I know I can go faster than this it's a really weird feeling so I'm just trying to you know play with that a little bit more or you know I'm running at threshold and I know in a park when we come up a hill everyone else just leaves me standing and I'm you know left slogging up the hill and I can't understand it because I know I'm fitter than them but really, I can't adapt to use the carbohydrate quick enough. So, yeah, I'm just a sluggish runner. So I'm just trying to change that around a little bit. So it's been a bit of a learning curve on that. Yeah. And is there a marathon that you kind of feel will go ahead that you're going to use this training for? Or is it just wait yeah, and see? Yeah, it was meant to happen, but that cancelled last week. I'm going to try... Um, there's a marathon in Gloucester, which happens the same day. But I think because it's on closed loops and they can set you off at 10 second intervals and there's a smaller field I think that's going to go ahead so I've actually entered that 
And That's it's August, isn't it? Is that in August? Or? Yeah, April. April. Pretty, yeah, end of April. So same day as Wrexham, I think, Wrexham Marathon. So, yeah, we'll see. And are you it. aiming for a specific time for the marathon? I'd really like to get under sub three as to how much I get under sub three. I don't know. But, yeah, sub three would be good. I think my good for age is between 3.20 for Boston and 3.40 for New York or something. It's pretty generous, but, uh, the, you know, the higher up, you are the best, you're more likely to get in, so may as well go for it. Have you got plans to do kind of Boston or New York? Yeah, one day, one day, yeah. But it, I think it, you can't do them unless you've proved you've done a marathon recently. Yeah. So just to get a marathon under my belt would be useful, and then um, I can apply and go from there. Have you done London Marathon? I've done London, and I've done um, Berlin, but none of the other world majors, so... And have you done a road marathon since you started ultra running, or were that all your times from pre-MDS? Uh, pretty much pre. Oh no, I did Exeter. So I came back from Kazakhstan, which was 70k, and Exeter was the following weekend. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it'd be really good to do that, <laughs> and then that would give me a good phrase, which it did. I did 3.04 or something. Okay, so and you got away with that, time. or was there any kind of fatigue well, or last time? for under three, but I died significantly okay. in the last few miles. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was fine. It got me the time I needed, but then um, I, yeah, I didn't get into the, I didn't get a good phrase, so place. But yeah. And then, right. assuming the marathon goes ahead and races start opening up, is there anything next on your calendar that you could tell us about, or? Yeah, just... so hopefully the calendar will happen. So I've got um, the race in Finland in May, I really fancy, but just because Finland would be great to go to. <laughs> I'll, I'll try <laughs> not to sing the one to play from Finland not. song right now, but I'll resist the temptation. But, yeah, uh, that can happen. Um, brilliant. Uh, and how long is that? How far is that race? There's, there's loads of different ones, um, but it will be it will be really close to Mozart, which I'm in uh, in June. Yeah, so is that carried over from last year? That's a great so race. Mo- Mo- the first one is Mozart in June. That's a wonderful race, Mozart. Yeah, and it's quite runnable, isn't it? Incredibly runnable. So that's just, that would be perfect. Just watch for tree roots around the, one of the lakes. Oh, so gosh, you know. if you can fall over there, Joe's certainly can. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm only bad with treadmills. <laughs> I didn't hit the face. I just did a good kind of cutting of the arm and the elbow and the hip. So There was a graze. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more than a grace, but anyway. But yeah. And so after Mozart, then. Uh, so that would be June, July. There is some talk of needing to do a qualifier to see if we can get to the World Trail Champs. Maybe July. But. Um, and then August, beginning of August, I'm going to um, Trans Rockies. Oh, wow. And, yeah, which was a six-day stage race. Yeah. yeah, that's meant to be an amazing race, I've heard. Exactly, the atmosphere. So I was due to go two years ago yeah. on my own. Um, and then this year I've um, changed it to run with a buddy who I met doing a park run. Um, she's called Sean Longthorpe. So it was finding um, basically someone to run with. Anyway, we're both going to do it as a team event. Has she has so, done any multi-stage races before? No, and not. Has <laughs> she done anything longer than the park run before? <laughs> no, no, good, good marathon runner. Uh, okay. Really did a lot of my round with me, um, but no real one ultra in, in Devon. Um, so she's good. She's got a strong, good caliber. But they're not big long days, are they? On Trans Rocket, it's just no, very. It's Twenty miles a day or so. Yeah, but it looks absolutely amazing. 
absolutely yeah. beautiful race. So, um, yeah, so no, there's that. And then um, uh, UTMB. <laughs> and then... It's quite, it's quite a busy calendar from what I'm hearing. Calendar. And then hopefully yeah. World Travel Champs, maybe. I'm forgetting. <laughs> the week after. The week after. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. Excellent. Yeah, not not too many races this year, then. No, just pack them in at the end of the year. <laughs> well, they're carried over from next year. So, oh, last year, I mean. So they don't. Do you know what they are. I'm committed from last year. Really. <laughs> well, that's a problem. A lot of people got, isn't it? So um, yeah. Um, brilliant. Cool. We've got um, kind of two more questions. We're going to finish on. We had Orange Goblin has um, posted a, a question. Uh, I don't know if it's better than being a, a troll, isn't it? Being a a goblin online they are asking oh. as someone who runs purely for pleasure during your training or racing what percentage of the time do you experience extreme discomfort if at all sounds like you do do some harder sessions yeah i i, would, I mean often I, um so i i would really push it two times a week any more than that i used to do it three and i just can't recover so that I would find them, one, I get a bit nervous about them, and two, they generally hurt quite a lot. <laughs> um, and but, but, you know, sometimes you can just go out for a, what you think is a straightforward run, a steady run, and everything just aches, or, you know, it's pretty... And then sometimes you go out and you feel fine. Um, a lot of it, you know, the body can't really tell the difference between physical and mental stress, so a lot of it is just dependent on how tired you are what you've done at work, how much stress you've got. Well, when we first moved into this house in Dartmoor, we didn't realise that so much work needed to be done. And, uh, you know, every run was really... I'd go for a run for a break, but every run was really actually horribly achy and, and you don't realise your body's just tired. So, yeah, it's a real mix, isn't there, of what you get out of it. Uh, but the times you feel good, you just hold on to them and remember that. And also, you know that, you know, if you train harder in... in uh, in training then hopefully the races will feel a bit easier because you know you've buried yourself before so that's the idea anyway <laughs> and, and in races so have you hit many of those real dark kind of moments of like this is yeah, just I mean, pure God, it doesn't you just hope that everyone else does maybe not at the same time but you hope everyone else does there are moments when you just think oh, what am i doing why am i doing this um and in actual fact that's why i dnf'd at utmb not last year, but the year before, because I, I was just like, I've got 40 miles to go. This is awful. What, what is the point? And, you know, you get as you get older, you realise you don't need to prove yourself. In, I think we you know. saw you at that race. Was that the same one? <laughs> so, so um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, you know, as we know, ultra running is mainly mental, isn't it? So yeah you've got to be fit enough to run a marathon but after that it's all in your head so you know make sure you can take yourself to some pretty good places <laughs> yeah so, so do you have any kind of mantras or anything you do to get to that good place i, don't know. I, I mean i remind myself that i have actually volunteered to do that <laughs> sometimes paid a lot of money to do that <laughs> yeah exactly and um it is actually a privilege because when you can't run you realize yeah. how much you want to it is i do remind myself i think having been injured a lot that is a privilege to run and you should always remember that it's not your right um and that make that makes me feel quite strong about running so 
Brilliant. Excellent. Are you going to finish on the squirrel question? Well, uh, uh, yeah, yes, we've had a fantastic hour of kind of lots of chats and we've had some technical glitches and internet going down, which is always good. But we have, uh, again, on the Facebook group, um, one, one question came in and uh, from, from Paul Feedy, who said, uh, so on social media, if people go onto Instagram, you're on Instagram, Martin, and you use Instagram quite, yeah. quite a bit. But over there, you're known as the running squirrel. So why? So I first started training for the MDS, we had a border terrier called Rufus. And we used to go into the woods, John, me and Rufus. And Rufus would like head off after a squirrel and we'd have to sprint after him. And we thought, well, this is quite good fartlek training. Let's not stop it. So we, we began to call it squirrels rather than let's go and do fartlek training. Let's go and do squirrels. And we'd be tearing off after the dog. Uh, and then... I said, you know what, if I do well in NDS, I'm going to have to get a tattoo of a squirrel. Uh, and so it came about that it, we, we, we deemed that second was good enough. So I a tattoo of a squirrel, and since then it was just the running squirrel. But it came from Rufus, the dog. <laughs> so if I hadn't got a lazy beagle, maybe I'd have been as good as Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, the, the crazy thing is, Rufus really didn't like running. It was just the squirrel thing. Oh, okay. It was... did. Do a few little runs, but generally it's the squirrels that motivated him. So, so was it a love for nut butter, or just kind of sit there sometimes and go? No, no. Although I do have that mentality, I can be concentrating on something and you know, a bit like a dog squirrel. Oh, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, easily distracted. <laughs> Fantastic no joke. Yeah. Oh well, there we go. Now we know why you are called the the, the running squirrel on, on Instagram. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much yeah, for joining so much, us. Um, no, and... pleasure. Thanks for having the chat. It's great. And good nice luck with all your, with your marathon well. and races this year. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy Trans Rocky because that's going to be um, an absolute amazing, amazing race. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. And stay safe during lockdown. Enjoy the rest of your training. Yeah. And we look okay. forward to seeing See how you get on. Soon. Yeah, we'll catch you soon. Well, Take bye. care now. Bye. <laughs> Well, there we go. What a fantastic evening there with Joe. And sorry about our technical glitches if you've been kind of watching us live and listening along. And uh, if you have been listening to us on podcast and you've liked what you've been listening, please give us uh, a bit of a rating and uh, kind of get something. And if you've been watching us on YouTube and you've enjoyed us, please click the subscribe button um, and keep updated with what we've got coming up. Claire does some other videos on YouTube as well. And if you've got any comments from tonight, please pop them down below and we'll try and answer them as well. So we hope you have a good week. I was just worried you were asking me who we've got next week and I couldn't remember what order they're in. I think, is it, is it Mimi Anderson next week? But don't hold us on that. We, we think There's a 50% got, chance. It's, it's, we need to go and check our diaries. Um... We do keep a very organised diary at times, but maybe this is just falling apart a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so it could be Mimi Anderson talking about who's got a fantastic new book out. She is an amazing ultra runner as well. Uh, incredibly inspiring. So please join us next Wednesday, half past six, here on YouTube. Have a good week and we'll speak soon. Bye. Take care. Bye now. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. 
I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information that I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.